The following program is sponsored by Wilson Financial Group and Mott & Associates, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors, Wilson Financial Group, and Mott & Associates. J.W. Cole Financial and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve Involve the risk of loss of principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax penalties that may be imposed on such person, and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. Jude Wilson and Mike Mott are not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as solicitation of an offer to buy securities. Welcome to Retirement by Design with Jude Wilson and Mike Mott. Your retirement is too important to leave for fate to decide. Using holistic wealth planning, we can help you craft a meaningful financial future. Retirement by Design starts now. Welcome to another edition of Retirement by Design. I'm Walter Storholt with you this week alongside Jude Wilson and Mike Mott, Holistic Wealth Managers at the newly merged company of Mott & Associates and Wilson Group Financial, serving you throughout Florida with offices in Orlando and Bradenton. You can check us out online by going to retirementbydesignpodcast.com. That's retirementbydesignpodcast.com. Let's introduce you to the voices on today's program. I'm Walter Storholt, of course, and Jude Wilson is here with us. Hey, Jude, how are you this week? Hey, doing great, Walter. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to our show today. And Mike Mott here as well. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, just friendly voices on the other side of the microphone. Always enjoy getting the chance to chat with you guys. And we've got a great podcast on the way today. If you are thinking about retirement, thinking about your financial future, this is going to be a really great show for you to tune in for because we're going to cover some really important things. You might have seen the title when you clicked on the headline to listen to today's episode, Retirement Planning, More Than Just Investments. And it's because it's true. There's a lot more to retirement planning than just simply picking what investments you should be in. Your advisor should be helping you navigate in lots of other essential areas. And so I'm going to throw a few of the different areas that your advisor should be helping you walk through. Jude and Mike are going to help us kind of understand why and give us some details on what those conversations should sound like. And I think the first one, and maybe a really easy one to go to, is Social Security. And guys, this is a big one where a lot of people kind of just think, okay, I flip the switch, I turn on Social Security, it kind of lives in a vacuum. But the truth really couldn't be any further from that, right? You know, it's so funny. You said it's the simple one. And uh, Social Security planning can be incredibly complex and can be a challenge. There's so many people when you talk about Social Security, the first thing they say is, well, they want to start it as soon as they can. They want to start it at age 62. I want to get my money. I want to get started. And especially when it's a married couple, that can, in many cases, be one of the worst mistakes that somebody could make. Because if you start early, you're going to get less and you're going to get less for the rest of your life and worse. In spousal planning, it could be the difference between being able to have a successful retirement for the spouse versus not. So it's incredibly important. Mike, I tell you, you're so on point. I don't think there's a week that goes by (laughs) that I don't have a client that says, you know, I heard Social Security is running out of money. I want to take it now. And the two biggest objections I hear about waiting is, 
Number one, I want to take it now before it runs out. And number two, what if I get hit by a bus? Well, I can't help you with getting hit by a bus, but we can really look at the numbers to see when Social Security makes the best sense, at what age it makes the best sense for you to start to withdraw. And usually it is at a later age. And we know for people generally over the age of 55, Social Security is really not going to run out of money. And that's a fallacy that's been promoted, but you're going to be able to draw from Social Security. Now, if you're a little bit younger than 55, there's probably going to be some changes by the time you retire. The full retirement age may be higher. The benefit may be lower. But for those of you that are listening out there that are over 55, you're probably going to be fine. You know, there are calculators out there that you can use to find out, you know, what's the highest payment, how much you're going to get, how long will it last. A more important part is to combine that with the other resources that you have when you get ready to retire. Because some of it is like, I need the money now. I'm retired. I don't have a job anymore. I need cash flow. Well, the question is, do you get your cash flow by starting Social Security early? Or you'd begin to think about taking some of your other assets and spending them while you're waiting to become Social Security. You know, in addition to that, when you begin to take Social Security can have some significant tax consequences. There's some tremendous opportunities to plan on how to begin to take money from your IRA rather than your Social Security, because when your Social Security starts and you begin to have what they call required minimum distributions, which you have to take out when you get older, 70 and a half, some people literally get hit with what I call the double whammy, Mm -hmm. because what happens is their taxes are set at certain rates and they're not literally not paying any taxes on their Social Security. And then all of a sudden those required minimum distributions kick in. And all of a sudden, the more money they take, the more their Social Security also gets taxed. So you might get maybe $5,000 in an IRA, but that might make another $2,000 or $3,000 of their Social Security taxable. So I call it the double whammy. You don't get any more money, but you get taxed on a higher amount of money. Let's avoid the double whammy. What do you say, Mike? I think it's a good idea. I feel like we need to invent some sort of specific sound effect for the double whammy. You know, some <laughs> boing or, you know, something like that. So you, you don't want to hear that sound or else you're getting the double whammy. <laughs> I like the, the idea of avoiding that. All right. So Social Security, obviously there, it's a lot more than just picking stocks. Social Security is something totally different than that. So it's more than just the investments. Great example of where that's the case. If your advisor's not talking to you about that, that's a problem. That should be a red flag. What about pensions? They would fall in this category as well, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, there used to be the three legs of the stool when it came to retirement. And the three legs of the stool were Social Security, your pension from work, and whatever savings that you've accumulated. And people had a wonderful retirement with those three legs. Well, today the stool is a little wobbly. The pension in particular has gone away for a lot of individuals and companies. At one point, almost 80% of Americans working had a pension plan. And I think in the last statistics that I saw, under 30% of current workers have access to a pension plan. So when you're looking at a pension, there's a lot of things to try to figure out before you just say, yep, sign me up this is my retirement money. You want to know, does the pension have 
the ability to take a lump sum. And if it has the ability to take a lump sum, what is that amount? You want to know if you're taking the pension, what are the options? If you start your pension and pass away tomorrow, do your beneficiaries receive any money? So these are just a few of the things that we look at when we're running our analysis on whether or not it makes sense for you to take the pension and get that guaranteed monthly income that your company guaranteed you? Or does it make sense to take the pension out and control those dollars yourself and try to add that to your financial plan and customize it to what you're trying to accomplish? You know, one of the explanations I give to clients when they're thinking about taking the pension, what are the spousal options? And usually there's a whole host of them. And, you know, should I take the lump sum? And I always look at them and I say, well, here's what you need to think about. If you take the monthly pension, it's awfully hard to screw that up. In other words, at that point, then the company's pension plan is obligated to pay them for that pension for a specific period of time or the rest of their life. If you take the lump sum, you can screw that up, especially if you're making bad investment decisions. That can have a huge impact. But then on the other side is if you take the pension and you both die early, then the remainder remains with the company most cases, as opposed to that if you do take the lump sum, if you both die early, then usually there's a legacy to leave to heirs. So it's just not a one-size-fits-all. It really, really matters as to you know what the rest of your family situation is, what's your longevity, and what are your propensities to take some investment risks should you decide to take the lump sum. Absolutely. Absolutely. The main thing to understand about the pension is that you can choose to sit in and forget it and take the monthly amount that your company's guaranteed you, or you can meet with someone like Mike and myself to really look at all the different options and customize a plan that works for you. Always important to get a customized approach to your financial plan. That's why we host this show each week to remind you of that importance and to cover all the details of why that's such a central tenant to getting a great financial plan in place. Perfect example when it comes to things like Social Security and pensions, where it's more than just investments. It's about making these other right choices and elections and those kinds of things. Another great example of where retirement planning is about more than just investments would be when it comes to rental properties. And okay, you could view a rental property as, I guess, a quote-unquote investment, but there's so many complications and layers to that conversation about rental property, isn't there? You're right, because people do come and they'll say, well, I'm getting ready to retire. Should I sell my rental property? Or they're just asking about that as an investment in general. And I always say, well, we need to do the math because, you know, it can be very confusing when you look at an investment property. You do have cash flow from rentals, but you also have expenses. And so you have to look at the market value of that rental property less maybe there may be a mortgage on it. So what's the net ownership that that client would have? And then what's the potential cash flow? And you have to say, well, what's my rate of return on my investments? Sometimes it's very good and sometimes it's just not. The other thing I think if people own rental property, sometimes they've already demonstrated that they're happy to make the time commitment to manage those rental properties. And so if you're that kind of person, then sometimes a rental property is a great cash flow 
generator. It can create a very nice predictable income flow. And there are some tax advantages to rental income, but don't let the tax tail wag the dog, as I call it. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, Mike, that I look at whenever a client says, you know, I'm getting ready to retire and I've always wanted to own real estate. And I think I'd like to have some rental income. I want to diversify the assets that I have. And I start to have a conversation about what does retirement really look like for you? Are you prepared to be the landlord? Are you prepared to get that call at two o'clock in the morning when the toilet is not flushing? Because if not, then you have to look at a management company and that reduces the potential cash flow of the business. So I think sometimes people look at the glory of owning real estate, but they don't look at all of the other responsibilities that go with it. And if it's just a propensity to want to be in real estate, there are so many other investment options that get them the return of real estate without having to answer the two o'clock in the morning call to come and fix the toilet. (laughs) That's really good insight. I know if they called me and said the toilet's not working, I'd say go use another toilet and and learn some basic toilet skills. (laughs) Time to learn. But uh, yeah, I guess you can't always do that when you're the landlord, right? You're on the hook for fixing those kinds of things. So I uh, lived next to some renters. And that's the other thing to be aware of, guys. Sometimes you get bad renters, even if you put your best foot forward to try and keep that from happening. And the poor guy next door to me, man, they just destroyed the inside of that home. And Mm -hmm. uh, he spent over a year trying to evict those folks. And so now he's so sour. He finally got him evicted, but he's so soured on the rental situation. He's just going to sell the thing. He's fixing it up, and then he's going to sell it because he's just so fed up with the rental game. So... You know, you might think it's all rosy, but you are taking on some risk there. I think just like an investment, right? You're taking on risk when you. There's one other thing that I encourage people if they've had rental properties for a long time and they've owned them for a very long time during their working years and now they're ready to sell it and maybe reinvest the money somewhere else or just turn it into cash. There can be some significant tax implications by selling a rental property. People forget that they've been depreciating that property over the years. And when they do that, that reduces their cost basis. And guess what you have to do? You have to recapture that depreciation as ordinary income. And then if there's been appreciation in the property, you have to pay capital gains tax. So before you decide to sell your rental property, you'd better do some tax planning to make sure that you understand what the tax implications are before you make that sale. And to piggyback, Mike, as you know, that could cause a cascading effect of dominoes that other things that start to fall. Like now your social security may be taxed more because you're realizing more income. And so you really need to speak to a professional when you're either currently involved in real estate or you're looking at adding real estate as part of your retirement income plan. I want to make sure we have time to get to a few more of these examples about how retirement planning is more than just investments. Good conversation so far, guys. What about home-related issues? Now, so this isn't rental properties, but this is more of the, you know, the property that you're living in and all the different considerations that enter into the conversation. Yeah, that's a great question because sometimes when we are looking at retirement, We've worked hard 30, 40 years, and we're looking to this part of our life where we're going to be able to do everything that we wanted to do. And that could be purchasing the dream home. Well, 
Mike and I always talk about there's three phases of your retirement. There's the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. And in that first phase, in the go-go years, you're vacationing, you're having a good time. But once your life starts to slow down, do you really want that 6,000 square foot house and the lawn maintenance and the big pool that you have to take care of? And so what we try to do is counsel the clients ahead of time before they look at buying that big dream house just because I can afford it now. It's something that I've always dreamed about. It's got to fit within your financial plan, too. You know, even uh, some people look at their house, you know, like home equity lines, reverse mortgages, which a reverse mortgage is a very complicated item, something we could probably have a whole podcast about. So we won't talk about that today. But just, you know, having a home equity line, if clients decide to use their home as one of their sources of cash, sometimes that can put their retirement in danger. So they need to be real careful about using that. Yeah, another great point. So home-related issues, be aware of those different moving parts also. Okay, two more things that we need to talk about when it comes to retirement and how it's more than just investments. And you knew we couldn't leave this one out. Healthcare and health issues and concerns, really big one, but unfortunately often overlooked element of the planning process. You know, health insurance and healthcare is one of the largest, I think, threats to people's retirement, especially people that think they would like to maybe retire early. The health insurance issue and Medicare are some big questions, especially people as they begin to turn to 65 and Medicare. Most people don't understand that. They don't understand Medicare supplement insurance, those things. So those are cost that can be sometimes less and sometimes more than what they were paying before they retired. And then there's the issue of nursing home and assisted living and home health care. We call those long-term care expenses. We find that a vast majority of our clients are unprepared in that area. And again, that's an area where there's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misinformation. And sometimes people say, well, I don't want long-term care because they think nursing home. And yet, assisted living and home health care is what most people want. They want to be at home. So they should be prepared to set aside a portion of their assets to protect themselves during health care risk and the possibility of long-term care. Look, we know now, the statistics show, that one out of every three retiree above the age of 65 is going to have a long-term care event in their lifetime. My grandmother lived to be 100 and life expectancy is increasing. So adding or planning for the potential that you may need care when you unfortunately are not as independent as you were previously is an important part of the financial planning puzzle that we help our clients figure out. And last but not least, guys, there's one more piece to this puzzle we've got to make sure we don't overlook. And that is the big one, lifestyle. And all of those changes in retirement can have a huge impact on our financial plan. And we're not talking about stocks and mutual funds and investments here. We're talking about mostly, I guess, fun stuff here. Well, you're absolutely right. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Mike and I, when we're looking at a client, we talk about those three stages of retirement, the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. And generally, you want to plan for, hey, in the beginning of my retirement, I'm going to take as many trips as I can around the world. I'm going to have these expenses. 
We may want to dial down your lifestyle a little bit, you know, while you're in the slow go years and may want to try to increase the expenses in the no go years because you may be in an assisted living facility or may have some long term care issues. So when you're looking at lifestyle, unfortunately, sometimes we as financial advisors have to tell our clients the real truth as we see the numbers portray them. Just recently, we met with a client where they're getting ready to retire from their corporation. But when we ran the numbers on the assets that they had and the income that we needed, we suggested that maybe you might have to work a couple of more years to make sure that the income that you want lasts the rest of your life. Now, that wasn't what they wanted to hear, but our job is to make sure that we're presenting the information and we're being as objective as possible. So that's all part of the financial plan. Thanks, Jude. You let me talk about the happy part. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other thing is with proper planning, we've found clients that won't spend any money because they're afraid they're going to run out. Yeah. And so we sit down and go through being able to spend more money right after they're retired and then dial that spending back as they get older and show them if we've done the math properly and we show them you're going to have plenty of money left when you pass on to pass on to your kids. And so we actually literally give them permission to spend more money and do some more things that they would never have done because they were afraid they were going to run out. You know, Mike, you're so right. A lot of our clients are good savers. And they've spent their life nestling away some money and making some sacrifices. And they're not used to getting out of that habit. And Mike and I were in a meeting where Mike said to a client, you've got a big issue here. You've got a spending problem. And the client looked really worried and concerned because they're savers. They don't spend that much money. And then Mike turned to them and said, your problem is you're not spending enough. Hmm. That is good news. (laughs) And so sometimes we get to give good news. Well, that's awfully nice when you get that opportunity. Good news is much better than the bad news. So what does this look like when somebody comes into the office to meet with you guys, maybe for the first time, or even if it's somebody who's been a client with you for a while, I'm sure you're kind of doing additional check-ins. You're talking about these kinds of things as you know, life changes over time. What does a meeting with the team at Mott Associates and Wilson Group Financial look like when you start to have these conversations with folks? Well, you know, that's why we call this holistic wealth management, because you're right. As the topic of this conversation started, financial planning is not just investment. In fact, it's just one small tool and a whole host of things that you need to look at. So when we first meet with a client, We're going to talk about all of these subjects. We're going to try to understand who they are, what their goals and objectives are, where they're at, what their resources are, and their timing about when they want to do things. Once they've become a client, now we're doing an update where we're sitting there and we're looking at the progress of their plan and we're measuring how they're doing versus what we originally projected. And in some case, again, referring back to the client that I was talking to about having a spending problem, literally, if they didn't spend more money, they were going to have an estate tax problem that was going to be a real serious situation whenever they both pass. So it was fun to be able to tell them, hey, you got to spend some more money or give some away, but you got to do something and you might as well enjoy it. 
This is the part of the job that we absolutely love. We love to educate and we love to be problem solvers and we love to be the advocates for our clients. And so one of the issues that I see as people come through our doors is no matter how much money they have, they always fear that it's not enough until we're able to work with them. So when Mike says we're a holistic wealth management firm, sometimes people say, well, I'm not wealthy. I I can't use their services. Well, every dollar that you've saved is important to you. And it doesn't matter if you've got $200,000 saved up to some of our largest clients who have multi, multi millions with us. We want to help our clients achieve that financial planning, that retirement dream that they've been working on for their whole life. Well, if you need assistance like what we've talked about on the show today, maybe you've only planned looking at stocks and mutual funds and not at retirement planning is something that's about more than just investments. I do encourage you to reach out to Jude Wilson and Mike Mott and the great team at Mott & Associates and Wilson Group Financial, the newly merged company. 800-779-4592 is your number to call if you like doing it the old-fashioned way. That's 800-779-4592. And, of course, online at Retirement by Design Podcast. Podcast.com. That's retirementbydesignpodcast.com. You can listen to past episodes there, learn more information about the team, and contact us through the site as well. That's retirementbydesignpodcast.com. Well, Jude and Mike, thank you both for taking some time out to join us today. Greatly appreciate it as always, and we'll look forward to doing this again on the next podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, Walter. We appreciate it. That's Jude and Mike. I'm Walter. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next time on Retirement by Design. The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott, which is solely responsible for its content.